0: Have you ever noticed some guys walk in a room and it's like their aura just takes over. It just feels different when they're in the presence of others. It would be great if you could have presence like those guys, right? It would be life altering to dominate the room. We're going to get you on that path today. Write this down, man. I want you to do this exercise. The next time you see someone enter a room and it feels like they're the king of the room, ask yourself these questions. What is his body language like? Is he looking people directly in the eye? Is he talking to one person at a time? Or is he trying to hold multiple conversations? Is he loud and boisterous or quiet and reserved? Or mirroring the energy of others? Make notes in your phone and come back and watch this video again. Compare it to what I'm about to share with you. I'm going to tell you five things you can do to dominate every room that you enter. Number one, body language. How do you normally deliver body language to the outside world? Do you think about the kinds of people you're around? If you're in a meeting in Washington, DC with a room full of dignitaries, do you drop your shoulders, stand toward the back, and peek around others? Or do you greet others with your head held high, smiling, talking, offering a firm handshake, and making your presence known? You want to be cognizant of your body language and you want to do the latter. You don't have to be the tallest person in the room or the smartest person in the room for everyone to see you have something to offer and your conversation is valuable. Turn your feet toward whomever you're speaking to. Make eye contact, smile when appropriate. You may touch someone between the shoulder and the elbow with the off hand when you shake hands with them. It gives a feeling of warmth and comfort. Practice mirroring another's body language. Smile when they smile. Shake hands with a similar grip. Touch the arm when they shake. When they touch your arm, when you mirror their body language seamlessly, you're developing trust. When you're learning to truly dominate a room with your presence, you're going to be aware of the most subtle body language cues. Often, touching the nose creates a sense of a lack of trust. So you wanna be aware not to touch your nose if you're trying to develop trust. When we're confident, we typically hold our chin higher as we speak. A great power position of the hands is the pyramid position with the thumbs up. This position means you're confident and you know what you're talking about. When you learn to master body language, you can dominate with your physical presence. Number two, engagement. Engaging someone one-on-one shows them you care about them you're listening to them and their concerns and most importantly they matter even if you're speaking to a crowd make it a point to engage as many as possible one-on-one it shows you care about individuals not just talking to an audience even the people you can't speak with directly see you as charming and charismatic because you're taking the time to speak to people on an individual level People can respect that you can't talk to everyone in a 10,000 seat venue, yet they can also respect that you're taking the time to speak to as many people as you can. Conversations are full of many emotions. Use them when necessary. Don't shy away from reality when you're having conversations. Allow your frustration to show on a topic that might be frustrating to you and others. Have a good time and laugh when you can. Making people understand that you can have fun is really important, as people can appreciate your serious side, but they also get to see the fun-loving side of you just as well. Speaking of the serious side, be candid and serious when appropriate. Listen intently so that you not only hear the words, but you hear the context of the conversation so you can respond appropriately. Always listen to the very end of a conversation, or be clear that you appreciate the conversation But you either need to speak to someone else, head to the stage, go to the restroom, or whatever the reason may be, you must end the conversation. Try not to end conversations abruptly, but look for an appropriate off-ramp to end the conversation and let them know you'll re-engage the next time you see them. If you don't think you'll see them again, look them in the eye, shake their hand, and let them know how much you appreciated their time. Number three, sincerity. One of the reasons Oprah Winfrey has been so successful in her career is that she comes across with the deepest level of sincerity. Sincerity is an overlooked, underutilized component of presence. You want to be around people that come across as sincere. When you're speaking to one person, a team of five, an organization of 200, or maybe a conference of 2,000, you need to gain their trust. Here's an opportunity, try this. Select a topic that you know is a concern and confirm you and your audience are on the same page. For example, if I'm speaking to the NFLPA, the National Football League Players Association, about allowing players that get blackballed back into the league, like Colin Kaepernick and others, that would be a concern. How can we create a culture of accountability between the NFL and the NFLPA? realizing that we're working together for a common goal. So as an example, that's a question I might begin my talk with and continue my discussion. I pointed out a valid statement that has two sides to the coin. I know where my audience stands and I sincerely agree on their stance. Let me get them on the same page as we develop rapport and trust. Now I can build on that sincerity. Notice, I didn't pitch them on my program Or announce my degrees and my background my social proof is already validated as i stand before them my sincere goal is to make sure we understand we're working toward the same goals and aspirations and they believe this wholeheartedly my presence does not fully exist if you can't believe in the sincerity of my conversation or my presentation you know what i hope this content is resonating with you Learning to dominate the room is a game changer. Keep coming back to check out the channel for more content. I'm Jay Hurt. Welcome to my channel, The Confident Charismatic, where we talk about charisma, confidence, and winning in life. As a matter of fact, I'll be back in six seconds to hit you with number four. Let's get it. Number four, preparation. I'll never forget I was in a meeting back in the day when I worked at Dell. There were about 150 people in the room. Half the people there were not from our company but invited partners. We were meeting with the CEO of our company and he walked in from the back of the room while we were still talking and networking. He was already mic'd up, he had no slides and he didn't have a podium. He walked in and started talking about the subject matter as if it were a conversation that was already started and it was his turn to respond. Listen, he waxed poetic, eloquently about new technology as if it weren't brand new and never seen by the public. He knew more about that offering 10 years ago than most people in that same field know today. He was thorough, brief, concise, and he was more well-versed than anyone in the room. My man was prepared. He was prepared as he could possibly be. 10 minutes into the talk, he took questions answering each question as well as connecting people in the room like connecting dots on paper he did two things you must remember each time you want to establish presence first of all he was incredibly prepared listen if charisma is my superpower which look y'all already know it is preparation is his the more prepared you are the more adept you are for any questions or conversations that arise in the room dominating the room is never about showing you're the smartest in the room dominating the room is always about being the most prepared it makes you the most confident capable charismatic guy in the room you can't help but own the room number five humility the second thing the ceo displayed was that he was truly humble you might think how in the world Can a humble guy stroll in, start talking while others are talking and still be humble? It is a skill he has refined. When he started the conversation, he started right on time. We were the ones that were late, so to speak, as we were still talking over into his time. What was humbling about him was that he relied on other leaders to deliver their talking points and he praised each one of them for building the system that we were talking about. He gave all of the credit to others. He was able to step aside and allow them to deliver each of their own messages. Humility and presence may feel like they don't go together, but that's because if we're being honest, there's been a lot of bad leadership and presence in the public eye for the past few years. If you want to learn to dominate a room, take no credit, yet all of the responsibility. Place no blame, yet praise others generously. If you want people to remember that time you hit the stage or the one time they met you at an event, become proficient in these five traits. Presence is such a powerful component in our lives. We really underestimate how much presence can change everything we touch. Imagine if you walk in a room with several women and your presence is the thing they can't stop talking about. Presence is really a beautiful mystery. I think Aaron Rodgers coined that term. Presence is the thing you know it when you see it, but you often call it by another name. When you develop presence, people think highly of you, speak highly of you, invite you to parties and gatherings. They want you to speak on their panel or their keynote address. Presence is the manifestation of confidence. If you learn to dominate the room and create an unmistakable presence, everyone in that room will know charisma is definitely your superpower.